You're listening to the Pure Fury Creations Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. The following is a close to the heart presentation in association with the PFC Podcast Network and has been rated L for mature audiences only. Some language and dialogue may not be suitable for members of a family under 18 years of age. I'm Jason Klaus, and over the course of my life, I have done a lot of different things, worn a lot of different hats. But this may be my greatest endeavor yet. Welcome to my show, and on here we will discuss a variety of different topics from sports to entertainment to pop culture, but above all else, we will discuss how we can make a positive difference for ourselves and for those in and around our lives. I may go on rants, I may go on sidebars, but it all comes from the heart. Welcome to the Klaus to the Heart podcast, the flagship show of the PFC Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Klaus to the Heart podcast, the flagship show of the PFC Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. Jason Klaus, thank you for tuning in this week. And as you may have just heard a little bit of a chuckle in the background right there, um, after months, months, plural, more than one, handful, she's back, she's here, she's coming to us from her home in Newark, Ohio. Nikki Falsoni is back on the show. Hello, Nicole. It's good to see you. Hello, hello. It is good to see you as well. I have missed you. Have you? (laughs) I have. Well, you know, it's like been the holidays and kids have been sick and it's like, it's just craziness. You know how it is. Uh, Yeah. 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 This whole um, adult adulting gimmick yeah not I'd like to unsubscribe yeah no nope i'd like to unsubscribe and and just like as we were talking before we went live uh yeah it, it did not prepare me for some of the decisions or issues that i would have to face like there's no parenting book there's no adulting book that's like oh hey by the way you're gonna have this happen and you're not gonna know what to do (sighs) yeah i (laughs) i mean i can um clearly not in the same realm that you and jesse are by any stretch of the imagination but the overall tone like i totally get um, I understand it wholeheartedly. You know, you you can sit here and you can try to prepare uh, for anything and everything. Like that's how I approach just about every aspect of my life. I try to think about, uh, geez, you know, what's the worst case scenario and how 
how would I respond to that if that materialized? Um, and, when, you know, when those types of things do arise, well, you're prepared. You know what you're going to do. So it's not as daunting. It's those sons of bitches that come up from out of nowhere and mm-hmm. right upside your head. I mean, those are the ones that that'll knock you down. Um, yeah. Whether or not you stay down or not, well, that's a totally up to you. You know, uh, some things are a lot deeper and a lot different uh, levels than other things. But I mean, be that as it may, uh, it's still a part of this whole being an adult thing. And like, I don't know how my parents made it look easy, you know, but then too, you know, like you and I, our age group is dealing with shit that was only an imagination thing for my parents, Mm -hmm. for your parents, you know, and it's like, shit, man. You look back on um, on where, how we grew up, what our concerns were, you know, unless your parents illustrated that to you, you had no shit and idea what they were dealing with. Mm-hmm. And like my parents held everything, if there was anything bothering them, they held that shit close to the chest. They tried not to, um, you know, illustrate that there was a problem just because they didn't want you know, Jeff and I to freak out. Um, I had adopted, I have adopted that philosophy as a dad. Now, you know, the whole fucking world could be coming down, you know, around us. And like, as long as I've got that stick hold, holding up that part of it, that's not falling on us. Like I got this internally. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? Uh, but <laughs> like outwardly, duck. I'm like, I, I've got you, you know, yeah. In, in in my mind, I don't know how I got you, but I know I do. I and mean, I'll figure it out. Just yeah. shit. You know? I, I feel that way. I completely agree. Like, there are some times where I am, like, Jess is gone doing a union thing or whatever. And, like, the kids were like, hey, can we do this? And I'm like, uh, is there, like, an adult here, adult? Like, uh, I'm like, sure. I think we can do that. Like, yeah. Let's let's do it. But yeah, I agree. There are sometimes when like things go sideways or something happens and I think it's I've heard it compared to like a duck where you can't see where things look serene on the top, but underneath you're just like paddling, 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 paddling. <laughs> and so um yeah, I th- I do think a lot of that is is parenting is you know what you'd be like, Yeah, that's cool, no problem. Isn't that hilarious the way the water sprayed out from underneath the dishwasher? Oh my gosh. And inside you're like, fuck, that's gonna be expensive. But yeah. you know, just like Yeah. And, and I, I look at it as is that a part that I could replace on my own or am I gonna have to call a motherfucker out or just right. replace the whole unit? Right. Yeah. Get yeah. It. It, it is it's funny how as parents at least it sounds like you and our you and I are very similar in that aspect that I don't ever want my kids to feel the weight of the world on their shoulders because it will come soon enough so you know even if like we're in traffic and like we see a bad accident or we see whatever any sort of anything I try to you know like we talk about it but then we move on or just kind of navigate around things or put like a touch of humor to it and in different be like oh wow you know I'm that was whatever just just kind of 
lightening up situations so that everything doesn't seem so dark and serious and scary for them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because at the end of the day, if you think that your kids aren't watching you or they're not listening to you or, you know, what you say, make absolute zero mistake about it. They are. And they're taking mental notes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because have I, I don't know if we've talked. It's been a while since we've recorded, so did we ever I might have told you this obviously it might not have been on when we were recording an episode but that I got a call from the my youngest principal did I tell you that I feel like it yeah okay that he had called someone a bad word yes 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 oh yes, yeah that was probably one of the last episodes because it was at the very beginning of this of the school year but on the upside I did get a call last month from the principal and he was nominated for a good behavior award from a substitute teacher. Oh. So that was really good. So, you know, usually don't funny. hear that very often because usually with a substitute, <laughs> the kids yes. just don't give a shit. You know? No. And the, um, like she wrote a little, like a behavior, like kudos thing. I can't remember. There's like a little thing that they call him at school. And um, that he was so helpful and he showed, where things were kept and like the timeline of what they do in order of the day. And I was like, Oh, tell me you're neurodivergent without telling me. <laughs> like he told her exactly how things are supposed to happen, where they're at and, and all of that. So like, Oh, my little structure and routine person. <laughs> so It's cool that he gets recognition for that though. Yes. I'm sure. Yeah, because it, I, know. I will, I will tell you when I was sitting in my office, and the name of his school popped up on my caller ID, and I was like, Do "What now?" <laughs> yeah, and I answered. I was like, "Hello," and he's like, "Hi, this is so and so, principal at such and such." And I was like, "Uh huh." <laughs> so he's like, "I just wanted to let you know he had a good a good behavior referral," and I was like, "And he's got a principal buck or something like that." And I was like, "Okay," <laughs> so my stomach lurched for nothing. Yeah. So weird. How's Jesse? Good. Good. He is, I think I, this happened. When did this happen? He's on the executive board for the union now. He was on the examining board and now he's on the executive board. So. Well, that's phenomenal. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So he's busy, 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 busy. You know, we've got a lot of, um, projects going on here in central Ohio area a lot of large um builds so Intel is building a huge plant here so there's a lot of work yeah and then uh Amazon and Google and Facebook and all of those so very cool allegedly no right (laughs) no they're um they're public I'm glad to hear things are going well for him. I'm sure he's he's digging it. This is kind of what he's been wanting to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yeah. he's actually not, uh, as he says, you know, working his tools. He is um, he's in project management now. He has been for a while. So 
He's riding the desk, which is different for him. No, no hard hats and high biz, but um, he's doing well. He's doing well. Keeps him busy. Good. So. Glad to hear that. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, listen. Um, we're going to keep things a little bit light this week. Um, okay. Number one, I didn't want to do a whole lot of research. Number two, um, I'm not, full disclosure, I am not in the, um, uh, how do I say this? I'm not in the right headspace to go diving into a heavily emotionally charged topic this week. I'm just not there. I can appreciate I, that. I, I'm not really sure how that would materialize. Um, and I don't feel like now and here is the ideal um, setting for such a thing, you know. So we're going to keep it light, and we're we're going to focus on. Um, well, we I found a list, Nicole. <laughs> this is not from listwoo.com. <laughs> That's when you, when you said you had a list, and I was like. Oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. No, Pleas- this is pleasantly surprised. <laughs> We're cheating is, on list woo. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> um, whatever. You know what? What is what is it anyway? Anymore? It don't mean a motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, um, no, I found a list, and it's we're and we're gonna tackle a genre of sorts that registers with you and I. You know, yeah. just because of our demo. Um, Gen Xers. Well, you know, I've been focusing a lot on the 80s, you know, because we launched Power Tripping through the 80s yeah. uh, with Sean Krugel. And yeah. uh, the reviews from that show have been, you know, the feedback that we've gotten has been off the charts to the point to where it has spawned a um, live show of sorts we're going to be doing we're going to be hosting a costume and karaoke party in holly michigan i did see that i did see uh, that i saw the invite yeah so we are uh we're going to be recording live there while there is karaoke and costumes and all things 1980s um I'm going to shift our focus here for this particular show. We're going to look at the 90s a little bit because, you know, by the time 1990 rolls around, like we're starting to come into our own. We're starting to figure out, you know, kind of a preview. Like, what the fuck are we doing? (laughs) You know, who am I going to become? Who am I going to be? Um, You know, the majority of our childhood spent, in the 1980s coming into the 90s we're you know teenagers were um you know we're really starting to figure out life or at least what we think it's going to be now for some it's going to (laughs) once you get out there and start to try to navigate through it you're going to realize this is fucked up Uh, at the same time, the 90s provided, you know, entertainment-wise, some of the most yeah. iconic, you know, forms of entertainment that have ever been produced or, or presented to the public. We're going to focus on the top 20 movies um, of the 1990s, according to Ranker.com. Um, now, Ranker and I, 
not on the same level as list woo but um <laughs> I, I pulled another uh, list off of ranker to uh to incorporate into the 80s podcast mm-hmm. and like sean and i ate it up because we just don't agree with the with the you know like any list anyone that you've done on here anyone that i've done oh, yeah. on any of the shows like i'm like who is writing this shit and what are you basing this on like like what's the criteria for, yeah yeah no right that's 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 the word like we asked ourselves that several times when we were recording the show for the um the top professional wrestlers of the 1980s um and like there were some names that were listed way below where they should have been some that were up where they had no shit business being around and so and other names that weren't even on the list sergeant slaughter was one of them like it got no more 80s than sergeant fucking slaughter you know mr gi joe and and all of that you know, if you want to listen to that list, you can listen to it on Wednesday here on the PFC <laughs> Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm, power driven through the 80s. Anyway. And wait a minute. So you did the wrestlers on power tripping through the 80s, not on turnbuckle time machine? That's correct. Woo! Look at you. You're like those crossover episodes when they're like, oh, the doctors from Grey's Anatomy are going to be on such and such. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, this like this network is one big fucking crossover for sure. Because I, like I mean, Sean and I have been on Turnbuckle Time Machine, <laughs> and it was just us. Like you know, it's not like, hey, why aren't you doing the '80s show? Well, we're not focusing on anything on the '80s. We're focusing on professional fucking wrestling. It just <laughs> it just happened that on this episode we combined the two, the top yes. wrestlers of the '80s. I love it. How are we not going to talk about that, right? I love that. All right, um, I did a quick. Sorry, snub. I got us off on a. I got us off on a tangent there. So well, that's what you do. I, I mean, maybe some, some things. I don't know. It could have been. Don't... It could have been the Ric Flair woo thing. So I don't know. That might. Yeah, Ric Flair. Anyway, um... <laughs> I wish people could see your face. <laughs> Yeah, this is not being filmed for YouTube like a couple of the other one re- recent shows have been. No, because uh, no, if that were the case, I would have been like, I'm going to need another hour for hair and makeup because oh, th- th- this is this is I have been cooking all morning uh, food for tonight to watch the Super Bowl. T- tonight being the Super Bowl. Yes. Um, and Jesse's a huge Eagles fan. So this is like, oh, he's got to be stoked then. He is. Yeah. Yeah. So let, let so. me guess, he's head to toe all decked out in green and gray and all, and all you that, know, right? He's so, you know, I'm sure you'll be surprised to hear this. He's super laid back because, you know, you, you have to have the yin to the yang. So mm. he, um, yeah, like he'll wear a, an eagle shirt and stuff, but he's not overly like ostentatious about anything at all. So, yeah, he's, he's pretty low key. I mean, he'll participate in, you know, that kind of stuff. But otherwise, yeah, he's not. He's not painting his face or anything. Like that. So. All right. So clearly he's pulling for the Eagles. Are you two yeah. rooting for them? Um, I'm rooting for the, the brothers on each team. Oh, Kelsey's? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
pretty cool yeah. story there. Yeah. Um, my dad was actually watching <clears throat> one of the pregame shows uh, prior to mine coming down here to record, and uh, mm-hmm. they were they did a piece on uh, on on the Kelsey brothers and mm-hmm. what a story. You know, they they really showed they showed some some personal still pictures of them and then video of them when they've been on the field together and stuff like that. And like, it really, it tugged at my heartstrings because you could really, even though they're on opposite ends of the field this year for the Super Bowl, like you could really tell, you know, the camaraderie, that bond that they had. And it really made me think about Jeff and, you know, then I got pissed because it, because it, it was like, man, like I missed that so bad. And now right now right i mean this season of fuckery that i am dealing with right now like i have never needed that dude more than i need him right fucking now and um you know i see shit like that it's like man i it makes it makes me happy for them because they they still have that and i hope to god they never take that for for granted you know, or, or, or take advantage of that. Just thinking that you're always going to have that. Um, you, you, you don't, it's not guaranteed. So enjoy it every single fucking second that you can. Right. So, um, <clears throat> all right, let's, um, dive into this list here. We're going to look at the, what ranker.com has listed as the top 20 movies of the 1990s. Now their list goes beyond that. And like, I didn't go beyond that until you had said something about, uh, one of the more popular flicks that at least popular in terms of what I would consider popular, um, mm-hmm. is below the top 20. So I want to do from 20 to 30 real quick, just to kind of give you an idea as to how fucked up this list may be. <laughs> yeah, because I as I'm scrolling down further, I'm like, this is, I yeah, I I would be interested to know the demographic of the voters mm-hmm. for these because mm-hmm. there are some that are just classics that I'm like, how is that that low? So let let me but run down twenty one to thirty real quick. Uh, 21, American History X. 22 is Goodwill Hunting. 23, and this was the one that you brought to my attention, Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, couldn't believe it was that low. 24 is Fargo. That's more of a cult classic, I feel like. Yeah. Um, 25 surprised me, Titanic, because that yeah. movie was so huge. Mm-hmm. Um, 26, Aladdin. Are you shitting me? Why is that not up higher? 27, Independence Day. 28, The Mummy. 29, Reservoir Dogs. And 30 just pissed me off. Like, I just seen it, and now I'm pissed. Tombstone. (laughs) Yeah. What in the fuck? I feel like this has has the validity of, like, listwoo.com. Yeah. Again, All right. Like, if you go even further, Beauty I don't want to. 31, Men in Black at 32. Yeah, it's very weird. So you can only imagine what the top 20 is going to be. Well, let's dive into it. Some of these I have not seen. Um, so I have no basis of comparison. I have no inside stories. I have nothing about them. So those of you, we won't spend a tremendous amount of time on. Number 20 is one of those. Uh, the, the Fugitive. 
with Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones. You a fan? I, it has been so long since I've seen it, honestly. Very, very long time ago. I'm trying to remember this movie. This is where uh, Harrison Ford, who plays Richard Kimball, is accused of murdering his wife. And he is trying to clear his name while being pursued by U.S. Marshals, headed up by uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Yes, this is jogging my memory a bit, yes. Great. Um, Clearly, it made an impact on you. Clearly. (laughs) Hey, if we want to talk about Mrs. Doubtfire, we can talk about that. (laughs) It was a drive-by fruiting. I mean, it's like. Uh, 19 is one that did, that does register with me. Um, the Green Mile with Tom Hanks. Uh, now, I've made no bones about the fact if I had to list my favorite actor, Tom Hanks is probably that guy. Mm-hmm. This movie, and it's a longer one. You know, yeah. like if, I mean, if if it's on TV, like if one of the one of the networks is covering it, you're looking at about a four and a half hour fucking show. Um, mm-hmm. In reality, it's a little over three hours long, but my God, what a story! Um, where where does Green Mile rank on on your radar? Um, I just remember it made me sob. Oh sure, oh, very God. sad, very yeah. sad story. Great story, but it's a goddamn sad one. Very I believe good. that's a. Um, I'm not mistaken. Wasn't that a Stephen King thing? I feel like that was. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I can't. For some reason, I feel like Stephen King had some sort of. um, I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, It was was based on. One of his books, right? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, I felt like I, because I remember thinking, Jesus Christ, man, this is not like your typical Stephen King movie. Um, and that's that's what made me think of it. Uh, number 18 here, uh, one of the more popular ones, I guess, if I had to rank it in the 1990s, this is probably a fair ranking among this list. Uh, Bill Murray, uh, Chris Elliott, and Andy McDowell in Groundhog Day. This movie gets referenced a lot in these parts, you know, especially, you know, this time of year when, you know, Groundhog Day is actually a thing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Groundhog Day. Now, I'll I'll be straight up. I'm a big Bill. You know, I like Bill Murray. You know, I, I followed him from when he was one of the original cast members of Saturday Night Live and then Stripes and Ghostbusters. And, you know, you go right on down the line. Um as far as Bill Murray movies go, this is not near the top of my list. Sorry. Yeah, I do like this movie. And and again, like you, as you said, I reference, like we will say, we're like, this is Groundhog Day, great. <laughs> when your life is just in that, when you're kind of in the muck. <laughs> so here we go. Like again. the wheels are spinning, maybe, but you're yeah, not going anywhere. One of those days, yep. yeah. Uh, 17 is Fight Club. Uh, the only, can I, can I be honest with you? And I, I know I've talked about this before briefly. 
generally speaking, if it's got Brad Pitt in it, I don't watch it. Not a fan of this dude. What I do know about this movie, what happens in Fight Club stays in Fight Club. That's the <laughs> only goddamn thing I know about it. Same. Same. <laughs> Is that term. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a good one, but <laughs> I just, yeah, again, I, I am not, not seen it. I'm not a fan of Brad Pitt. And, I, and I'm not going to sit here and spend time, uh, precious time, watching a movie, watching a guy in a movie that I don't give a fuck about. You know, mm-hmm. that's not anything personal against him. He's just not my cup of tea, as it were. Sure. Uh, 16 does have an actor that uh, I had genuinely enjoyed, you know, the majority of his movies. This one is... Um, kind of a departure from what he had been um, associated with. I associate him more, like, for me, it's the the Lethal Weapon series. Um, I mean, he's had other roles. He's done a lot of other movies. I get that. But uh, 16 maybe could be um, one of his, I would imagine if I was him, one of his more prouder uh, establishments or accomplishments, and that was Braveheart. Uh, have had you seen Braveheart? Are you familiar with the backstory on where this where this movie comes from? So this is one I have not seen, and it may have been one of those at one point where it's been playing, and I just didn't get into it. Mm-hmm. So, and that's like several others on this list. You know, there's a lot of these movies have memorable scenes, memorable moments that transcend off of just the movie. It becomes part of pop culture. Like if you see a clip like this, even if you hadn't seen the movie, Mm -hmm. you know where it's from. Agreed. You kind of know, um, you you know enough to know, okay, that's Braveheart. Because like his face is painted painted blue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just as he's about ready to go into war with with England, because um, he he plays William Wallace, and it's it centers around the conflict between uh, Scotland and England, and um, what I think of Braveheart. <laughs> this is going to sound so stupid. <laughs> when we I think of Braveheart. When I think of Braveheart, and this is a complete sidebar. No. I think of Ric Flair and Triple H, and I'll tell you why. What? <laughs> In 2005, WWE took WrestleMania to Los Angeles. It was held at okay. the Staples Center. Okay. And the theme of it was WrestleMania goes Hollywood. So... In the months leading up between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, so we're talking like six or seven weeks, they would air these um, trailers. So what they would do is, what they did was, they took iconic movie trailers and reenacted them with WWE superstars in the prominent roles. Pulp Fiction had like Booker T and Eddie Guerrero playing the John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson roles. The Undertaker was Dirty Harry. Um, 
a character by the name of Eugene portrayed Forrest Gump. Um, and I, you don't, I, your face tells me you don't know who Eugene is. Eugene. I, well, that's, that's literally what I'm sitting here and I'm like, let me get on the Google machine because it seems so familiar. Um, Eugene played, the guy that played that character, it, it was supposed to be a mentally challenged professional wrestler. Like, yes. they, they, and they toyed, not that he was quote unquote retarded, just slow. Okay. So they had right. him play Forrest Gump. Um, there is a scene uh, where they recreated the interrogation scene from uh, a basic instinct with uh, Sharon Stone. Oh my God. <laughs> Except it was Stacy Keebler, Chris Benoit, uh, Chris Jericho, and Christian. They were the interrogators, and like they fucking nailed it. Okay, it was so funny. Um, but they had Ric Flair and Triple H do do Braveheart, and they put Flair on 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 the goddamn mule, and like it's you you have to look it up, look it up on YouTube. WrestleMania 21 trailers, look for Braveheart. It is some funny shit. You can look for them all because they were all very well done. Funny. Yeah. Austin did um, the Gladiator and it was. Oh, I could see that. Just sure. just go check them out. They they I are will. a lot of fun to watch. Uh, number 50. Yeah, listen, we're going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> uh, 15 is Schindler's List. I am not familiar with it. Like I know of it, but I never watched it. You? I no, I did not. That there are certain things that I know just as like sensitive and like I just I can't. I would be too upset. Um, this is one of my personal faves coming in at fourteen. Um, the Sixth Sense with Bruce Willis. Uh, this is the really for me. This is. This is the movie that put uh, M. Night Shyamalan on the map in terms mm-hmm. of being a heavyweight Hollywood, you know, movie maker, filmmaker. This dude wrote it, produced it, and directed it. Like, he's got his hands all over it. And, mm-hmm. man, what a story this is. Like, you think for the longest time it's going one way. And then as soon as that kid, I mean... When Bruce Willis starts to put it all together and you're starting to see the the pieces fall into place, um, I I mean, it took me on, like, I had to go back. I shit you not. I watched it, saw the ending, saw how everything happened. I had to go back and watch it again. And I'm like, why didn't I pick up on that? Why didn't I pick up on this? What the hell happened here? Uh, Bruce Willis, very much, you know, a action adventure uh, type of actor. Die Hard, mm-hmm. you know, was his claim to fame in terms of movies. And he did, he tried to do a couple of other comedies like Blind Date. I mean, that was a pretty funny movie. Um, but like I just associated him with being an action, action hero, action mm-hmm. star. Yeah. Um, Sixth Sense is not that. Uh, a complete departure, but it it really showcased for me like the range that he is capable of doing because people wrote Bruce Willis off for a long time as just being 
there, you know, mm-hmm. like, why are you giving this guy all these opportunities, you know? And then once he finally got his niche and once he got settled and, you know, he started to make a name for himself because he had already established himself as a star on Moonlighting on, yes. on broadcast television. Yes, yeah. absolutely. You know, so when he started to make that transition to, you know, being in the movies, it's like, oh, okay, I'm not really seeing it. But then, you know, Die Hard comes out and just changes the game for him. Um, the Sixth Sense is one of those, like, I, the, the Sixth Sense is one of those movies that demonstrates you don't need a lot of gore to scare the shit out of people, you know? That, is to me, is like the psychological aspect of movies is scarier to me only because, and I think it's as you get older, you realize that there are really people like this. Like when you're a child, like the Freddy Kruegers and that kind of stuff is scary. But as you get older, you realize that that's like costumes and but there's like absolutely total macadamia nut cuckoos out there and I think that to me is scarier than like anything else costu- yeah, the, yeah. The costumes like again Freddy Krueger Jason Michael Myers that kind of stuff it's the psychological other world potential you know paranormal things to me are scarier than the character villains if you will yeah no I then that's that's what makes Shyamalan's movies so incredible because it's yes. not about it's not all about the physical um, aspects of scaring the shit out of somebody like you nailed it. It's the psychological and mm-hmm. that and you're absolutely right that it gets no more scarier than trying to tap into somebody's brain, you know, mm-hmm. or their emotions or any of that shit, because that's <laughs> just such a complicated web of everything, you know. Mm-hmm. That's that's when you meet the men. That's what that's what separates the men from the boys, as they say. You know, mm-hmm. thirteen. I feel like it needs to be a hell of a lot higher. Why it's not in top five, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Could be because it's a, it, this movie shows up on a lot of uh, Christmas lists, Christmas movie yes. lists. Um, Home Alone, the original Home Alone. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've watched this movie. I like my kids and I could probably sit down here, each take a role and recite the movie word for word without missing a beat. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it's, it's become one of those classics. It is a yeah. classic at this point, this one and the first two, the rest of them absolutely suck balls and should have never been made. Um, once, once you got away from the original actors and actresses that were, that made home alone, what they are, you should have just Mm -hmm. hung it up. Like, why are you, why are you even attempting it? Um, for me, it's, it's all about Joe Pesci and, uh, Daniel Stern, you know, the two, Marvin Harry. Yeah. The antagonists, the heels of the movie, um, (laughs) they are what made the movie for me. And uh, their scenes are just absolutely hilarious. Uh, Home Alone, where where is that on your radar? No, oh, is this, definitely. Will, will you watch it any time of the year, or does it have to be around Christmas time? 
Um, we watched it several times this year during the holidays. My mm-hmm. kids just ridiculousness. I mean, do you remember the backlash that that came out when this movie was was released? Like all Vaguely. these. Oh this my. came out in 1990. Right. Yeah. Well, this <clears> is where the parent-teacher conference groups were starting to form and become. I don't want to say a nuisance. I don't. That's not the right word. But they really started uh, putting under microscope movies. TV shows, music, sports. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is bad for our kids. This is and a bad influence on our kids. Right after uh, Nancy Reagan and her. You think no? <laughs> it, I mean, yeah, because, I mean, by this point, the Reagans had been out of office, but I mean, it was. It was. Right. They had established this. We need to really start looking after what what our kids are consuming. Yeah. Well, you you see how you know you start that pebble at the top of the hill. You see where we're at now. Maybe in hindsight, that wasn't such a great fucking idea, because now the kids nowadays are privileged, um, self uh, self entitled. Oh, spoiled yeah. um yeah sensitive it, it, yes i actually this could be a whole another episode i have something i want to send to you because i want to get your opinion on it it's about gen xers parenting younger children now just how we were raised versus but yes in home alone in Again, ooh, I'm taking my own sidebar here for just uno momento. Do you notice when you watch older movies with your kids or TV shows that, like, they say and do things and you're like, oh, God. I'm like, just pretend like you didn't hear it so the kids don't ask what that meant. <laughs> because I realized that either I was just a very different child in the 80s and 90s and obviously my my kids are young they're six eight nine but like blossom like my daughter wants to watch blossom or even punky brewster and some of the stuff i'm like i never picked up on it but now as an adult and i don't know if it's just because we don't talk that way or say certain things that my kids are like, what does she even mean? And I'm like, oh, I'm not really sure. I absolutely know, and I'm not having this conversation with you. <laughs> like, yeah. I, but I don't, don't you know. feel I, like that's part of the issue, Nicole, and, and why kids are the way they are now? Because as you're saying that, and I look, I totally get it. Because yeah. I watch, I've watched things with my kids that I grew up watching, and like something comes across, and it's like, Number one, shit, did they hear that? Two, do they understand it? Are they fixing to ask me about it? And then I go back to, look, my parents let me watch this. Yeah. You know, this was on prime time television. Like eight o'clock. And for yeah. me, eight o'clock is not like, like my kids, you know, like we're, like my youngest is already in bed by then. And my older kids, like we're, if they're not heading that way, they're already there by eight. 
but um yeah like it's just wild to me but again so I think it's I think it's a little as Jesse would say a little from column a a little from column b I think we have put ourselves in a position where we try to make everything okay for everybody and we are overcompensating to the point that things appear so polarizing because we are coddling and making everything so politically correct. And don't get me wrong, as you know, I'm a feminist and and I'm for all of these things, but some of it I'm like, okay, too far. Like, bring it back. You want to be offended about what now? So anyway, but that's a a topic for another episode. But anyway. I I was uh, going through and watching Alf, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was another show that Jesse and I talked about having our kids watch. Yeah, and I mean, there's been a couple of episodes because I I had turned it on at work, you know, it mm-hmm. makes the day it makes the night go by faster, you know. Oh, absolutely. So I can hear it in my earbuds, um, as I'm working and shit, and like so. I mean, even to this, like Alf was as, like as wholesome as it came back then, yeah. you know. You know, besides trying to eat all the cats. <laughs> right. Um, but the, I mean, some some of the dialogue, you know. It, that's like damn they couldn't get away with that today you know no and like sean and i were talking uh on a recent episode of the 80s show you know we grew up on reruns of like all in the family and the jeffersons and like all these shows that there's no shit and way they would be made nowadays you know especially all in the family man it was would be canceled yeah, let's ask our friend Todd about about culture cancer. <laughs> you saw that too. <laughs> I did. I think it was the last night I seen it. Like I was. It was a night, good night or two ago that I saw it, and I was like, ah, you know what? I don't have time to, but I may circle back on this. <laughs> then his son had commented, "What now?" And he's like, "Just everything." And I'm like, "I can totally, I can totally see his face. I can." Yeah. Hear the demeanor was, in his voice. It was very, get off my lawn. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe chuckle. Yes. Because, I mean, yes. something triggered him, you know. So, he came something. across something, triggered him, and he felt compelled. Yeah. Like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. But I, I love when people... It, and not, I'm not talking about Todd, but when some people like they rant about something and I'm like, you're literally doing what you're complaining about. Yeah, that's oh, always we, a we, fun irony. We, I, we don't need to do this or we need to do this. So what you're saying is you want to cancel, cancel culture. <laughs> uh, <sighs> but anyway, okay, back on back online here. Back on track. Number 12 is Toy Story. The movie that put Pixar on the map. This movie made you really fucking, like, this movie made you wonder if your kids' toys were actually doing this shit when you were not not around. Because it was so well animated. Mm -hmm. Even the licensed toys, like, like, like Potato Head, Slinky, Mm -hmm. um, the, the little Green Army dudes, 
you know, and you're like, man, they Barbie could not have nailed this. Them. Huh? Barbie and, yeah, yeah, all of them. It was just incredible. So well done. Has spawned a number of different sequels. A fifth one is now in production from my understanding. Really? Yeah, did not know that. Um, and from my understanding, Tom Hanks and um, Tim Allen are both back on board in in their oh. respective roles of Woody and Buzz. Um, and again, it goes back to if you can't get the if you can't get the people the right people back on board, then abandon the project. If mm-hmm. you're so hell bent on um, expanding the Toy Story franchise. Don't make it into a, a major motion picture where where fans have become used to these certain people in these mm-hmm. certain roles. Go ahead and make yourself a fucking half hour series on the Disney Channel. Nobody's watching it anyway. Nobody gives a shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, your kids do, but they're not going to pick up on whether that's really Tim Allen's voice or Tom Agreed. Hanks' voice. You know, they just care about what they're looking at, not what they're listening. As long as it looks like them, they, their brains will tell them that that's, that's the mm-hmm. voices. Adults, not so much. Pretty passionate about this shit. Um, but Toy Story, I, I'm i kind of torn on this. Like It was groundbreaking in so many ways. Um, but I feel like a, a 12 spot is probably pretty decent. Yeah, I in think the that's green fair. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This one I totally disagreed with. Number coming in at number eleven. This why this is not in top ten. I don't know. I don't know where I would put it in my top ten, but it sure shit would be there somewhere. Now, Nicole, when you talk about movies and you talk about sequels, yeah. Generally speaking, the sequel does not do nearly as well as the original. There are exceptions to the rule, of course. Uh, yeah. A lot of fans will immediately point to the the Godfather Part Two being better than part one yes i couldn't tell you because i'm not a mafia guy i'm not a mob guy not seen those movies so i couldn't tell you but this one i can this one this franchise i'm wholeheartedly invested in terminator 2 judgment day far exceeded terminator 1 that had come out in 1984 terminator 2 comes out in 1991 and like broke all kinds of box office records the special effects that they incorporated especially when dealing with the bad guy the bad cop that's trying to kill john connor um yeah just simply off the charts terminator 2 is that on your radar yeah is that the one where linda hamilton pops the gun with like is that yeah. the, is that <laughs> she was I mean, such a badass in that movie yes absolutely and that is the one where he like the t was it t1000 is that what it was called um when he like turns metal and like does he turn into like a motorcycle or something and like his face is at the front of it like i just remember being like just he, yeah, he transforms himself into a bunch of different shit. At one point, he transforms himself into a, just a big-ass blob that comes crashing through through the windshield, sits in the seat, and then he, he turns into himself and then kills the driver and throws him out. And it's like, man, 
This yeah. is bad. This dude yeah. is cooler than Arnold. <laughs> right? Right? You know, that's saying something because Arnold's pretty badass. Mm-hmm. Especially when he's got the chopper. Um, <laughs> all right, here we go with the top ten. I'm already pissed off. Because it's a Brad, it's a Brad Pitt movie, so you know I, I have not say, seen it. I was waiting for, I was like, oh, this should, this should go over well. What do you know about Seven? In the box. <laughs> and it was, you know what was in the box, right? I have no idea. The wife's hat. Oh, goodness. <laughs> nope. Nope, I would have not guessed that. I would have not guessed that at all. Um, yeah, so I mean, something you liked, something you didn't, it was just there. Um, I remember, um, just all the different, um, sins in how each crime was just like glutton was like this. Really is that what it's based on the se- the seven sins the seven yeah the seven deadly, deadly sins, sins yeah okay. yeah all right again not a clue uh number nine uh the matrix and this is another one of them groundbreaking flicks and mm-hmm. provides a lot a lot of iconic scenes and moments in this movie keanu reeves is in this thing um, along with Lawrence Fishburne and Carrie Ann Moss. Um, I, I can, look, I, I saw this one one time. Um, I never saw any of the other ones. I'm not a big mm-hmm. science fiction guy, and I got that science mm-hmm. fiction vibe from this shit. And, mm-hmm. like, it's just, it didn't register with me. I watched it because um, I was point blank asked to. And oh, gotcha. Okay. Like, oh, yeah. All right. I'll watch it. And oh, fuck, man. There's two hours. I'm never getting back. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And there are people that absolutely love this movie. Love the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Is it, is there more than three? But anyway, uh, I, there. they love the series. Yeah. Um, like you, it, it was probably one of those that at the time I was but i didn't go like see it in the theater or anything like that but yeah that's that's not my it's not my kind of movie uh this next all. one <laughs> i did go see in the theater bought it when it came out on vhs and dvd um one of my favorite movies and it's uh it was one that jeff and i really enjoyed really enjoyed watching and it's one of those I, I mean, you could call it a cult classic, but mm-hmm. it's so mainstream, you know, because it just, the way it was filmed, the way it was written, now Quentin Tarantino is mm-hmm. the director of this thing and yeah. very, very controversial in terms of his filmmaking and, and his, his topics and stuff. But the way mm-hmm. he took three or four different stories during the course of this movie and intertwined them to the, mm-hmm. to come back around to the very end. Fucking brilliant. Talking about Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about an all-star cast. This movie had it, man. Uh, John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson, 
uh, uh, Uma Thurman. I mean, you go right on down the line. Harvey Keitel. I, it's, it's just such great shit. Bruce Willis was in this thing. I mean, it was Christopher Walken. Oh, I forgot about him. Yeah. He had the coin in his ass or the watch up his ass. Um, <laughs> yeah. Christopher Walken. What a treasure, you know, <laughs> that guy, um, Paul Fitch and where, where's that at with you? That is one of those again, where I've seen it once maybe and was just, and, and I, interestingly enough, I dated someone years and years ago that that was their favorite movie. And, and he'd like make references and like say things. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like besides like Royale with cheese and, he made other references that I will not make because sure, I don't use sure. that language. No, I but, get it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. The one you talk about references, and like I said, this movie re- resonated with Jeff and I. And um, I remember one one specific uh, day we were getting. I I was over. I went to pick him up to take him down to Detroit. We were going to a WWE show at uh, Joe Louis Arena. And I went to go pick him up from his apartment. And he's like running around the apartment. He's pissed off and this thing. He can't find anything. I'm like, what are you looking for? He's like, I'm looking for my wallet. And I'm like, well, what's it look like? And without missing a beat, he's like, it's the one that says bad motherfucker. <laughs> because that was a <laughs> to Samuel L. Jackson's wallet at when they would get robbed in that diner and mm-hmm. like totally I mean just without missing a beat man it was so funny so anytime I see that uh, that scene or I see anything that reminds me of Pulp Fiction mm-hmm. that's the first thing that pops up in my mind it's the one that says bad motherfucker alright uh, um, <clears throat> number seven this is my favorite Disney movie. Really? And I would put this in the top mm-hmm. 10. The yeah. Lion King. Yeah. Went to the drive-in to see this. And actually watched it. <laughs> that, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> well, it was part, part of a double feature. You know, there was uh, Angels in the Outfield. And then The Lion King. And, uh. Wound up watching both of them. Just goes to tell you what kind of date that was, but that's neither here nor there. So did your date bring her kids? (laughs) (laughs) But no, based on that, you that was what ninety four that came out. Yeah. Yeah. Sure did. That's the year you graduated. It sure was. That's the year we became friends. We met. Was ninety four in the fall. Is that right? Do you remember? Do you remember where? It was uh, Lapeer Lanes, was it not? It was Lapeer Lanes. <laughs> yeah. You know it's not there anymore, right? I it's know. a parking lot. Just so weird. It is weird. Some some business is leasing the the parking lot. They're putting all of their big equipment trucks on there every night. Boom trucks and shit. That's so weird to me. I know there's still Gerlax, but the lanes was always so busy. 
Mm-hmm. And Lapeer has gotten bigger. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand how, like, what are y'all doing? Besides well, let me tell you what they're not math. doing is cruising downtown. Yeah. Math. <laughs> <laughs> Over off the Nepocene, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, the Lion King, you know, obviously the story about the young cub Simba, um, you know, through a tragic set of circumstances. Um goes out and finds and becomes who he is meant to be, the king of the jungle, has to challenge his his evil uncle Scar, who was responsible for the death of his father. Um, and just the the music in this, written by Elton John, um, the characters that they, you know, like Timon and Pumbaa, absolutely hilarious. Uh, just, your t- yeah, in some regards, your stereotypical Disney cartoon flick, but man, that scene uh, where Simba realizes that his father had perished is to this day, like it gets me right in the goddamn heartstrings, man. Like I, I'm mm-hmm. 46, almost 47 years old, and like that still gets me right there, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Disney with the dying parents, like <laughs> Bambi's mother. I can't. Oh, mm-hmm. mother. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, you know, but I guess you got to incorporate. And again, you know, kind of circling back, how many of those Disney movies would have been able to be made? Like the original cartoons would have been made, would have been able to be made in this day and age. You know, because Bambi mm-hmm. and Pinocchio and, you know, these ones that came out in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Like, man, there's a lot of shit that they got away with now that they couldn't do, you know. Then that they can't do now, you know, you can, I can pop in Looney Tunes and, like, within the first three episodes, I'm like, that wouldn't happen today. That wouldn't happen today. You know, just yeah. fucking nuts. Well, yeah, like the, yeah, it, with, hmm, like the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I mean, right. Like that term itself is third. Snow White and the Little People, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it just, yeah. it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six is another Tom Hanks movie, uh, Saving Private Ryan. This is one, one of the good ones, right? Yeah. If, had you seen this one? Yes, I have seen this. Um, like I said, man, like if it's got Tom Hanks in it, you have my attention. Like, mm-hmm. just it, it on the surface, it, it, it may be like destroyed by the critics, you know, who get paid to write bullshit for different newspapers and magazines and websites that tell them what you know what their opinions are. These people make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year for being wrong. Kind of like a meteorologist, um, <laughs> but I, you know, be that as it may, uh, Saving Private Ryan, very, very, very good movie. Five, one of those I have no idea about, never seen it. Goodfellas, really? yeah, never saw Goodfellas. Well, you got to remember, I was married into a Italian family for a mm. very long time, so mm-hmm. yeah, I just yes, been there, seen that. <laughs> <laughs> Did did you have the posters on the wall too, framed up and all that shit? No, 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 not so much. Not not so much. Okay, all right. 
Um, I mean, in terms, I mean, you, you just got done saying you were married into an, an Italian family and things of this yes. nature. So how many yes. of these movies had you seen and where would you put Goodfellas among those? Um, it is a good movie. Yes. Um, because, oh, what's her face is in that? She's married to Ray Liotta. I don't know why I'm drawing a total blank on her name. Um, she was Lorraine Bracco. Oh, she was, she was the therapist. On the Sopranos, right? Sopranos, yes. Never saw that show either, but I know who she is. Yeah, but it's interesting how many people um, from The Sopranos were also in Goodfellas. Like Michael Imperioli was Christopher Moltisanti and um, the guy who played Polly Walnuts. He just passed away recently, but yeah. Samuel L. Jackson was in Goodfellas. Too. Was he really? Yeah. I know Joe Pesci was in there, and he's always good for a chuckle or two. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. De Niro, well, De Niro, Paul Sorvino, which Paul Sorvino just passed away recently. Right. Premier Lesko, son of a bitch. All right, there it is. Um. <laughs> yeah, Ray Ray Liotta. Is that where mm-hmm. that famous gif comes from, with him laughing uncontrollably at the bar? Is it from I that think movie? So. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty okay. sure. All right. Uh, Four is another one of them iconic movies that provided a lot of memorable scenes and things of this nature. The Silence of the Lambs. One of Jesus Christ, you want to talk about psychological mind fucks? Um, nobody, nobody could have played those two roles any better than Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins. Just crazy. Uh, how many times have you watched that flick? Um, oh, Larry. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's. Mm. Again, it, that's where those those are the type of movies that get me. The psychological ones that you know that this could be true is true is rooted in some sort of truth of some sort yeah those are the ones that uh number three buffalo bill (laughs) puts the lotion on the skin let me just lay back and let you just do the whole goddamn thing here nope nope you're good (laughs) sorry i was thinking about silence of the lambs that's all right Number th- what they have here at number three is what I would put at my number one. Forrest Gump. Forrest oh, Gump to me is the most is could be the most perfect movie ever made. It does everything. Makes you laugh, makes you cry, makes you pissed, makes you, you know, makes you hopeful, makes you uh, I mean it's all over the fields. And the way it was done with incorporating all the technology to put Tom Hanks character, Forrest, and all these iconic moments, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, meeting John F. Kennedy and 
interacting with Richard Nixon and like all of this other stuff, being a part of the Black, Black Panther rally and, and all this stuff, mm-hmm. the big march on Washington is like, damn, man, there is this love this movie. Cannot mm-hmm. say enough about this movie. And again, perfectly casted. It was very, very good movie. Um, what? And I get this is really dark. You can probably crop this out later. Um, I don't have did, the. I don't have the. Just say it. <laughs> did did Jenny? Is the assumption that Jenny died of AIDS? Initially, that's. Or was initially, it like hepatitis or something? But I figure in that era that they're depicting or that time frame would it have been AIDS? That's what I originally thought I because AIDS had become a thing in the early 80s that's when it Mm -hmm. started to come across our radar and nobody knew anything about it they just knew it was some virus Uh, and like they make mention of that she makes mention of that in the movie. Like she's got a virus, but they don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And I had always just correlated that, like, damn, you know, with all the drugs and shit that she did in the movies mm-hmm. and you know, unprotected sex and all this other shit that I'm sure that right. that character had gone through. Um, you know, that was very much a thing. I felt like I feel like I have to do some research on this, but um i really feel like somebody had come out and said no this is what really happened stand by let me do some research real quick because now it's okay hepatitis c The author made it clear that Jenny dies of hepatitis C. She contracted the disease through her drug use, and the virus was indeed unknown until 1989. Hmm. Uh, um, Now, who's the... The author? Just when was that... Because what I found on the Google machine says during the 25th anniversary of Forrest Gump in 2019, the film's screenwriter, Eric Roth, confirmed that Jenny's death was caused by complications related to HIV or AIDS. That's what it says on here, too. It says since... uh... Since her virus is never specified in the movie, there had been theories that she contracted AIDS. After all, she seems to have had multiple sexual partners while she was in the era of free love. Moreover, during the time Jenny took drugs, she often shared needles, which had been the two most common causes of AIDS. Um, Yeah, Screen Rant. This article is from November 30th, 2022. Forrest Gump writer Eric Roth confirmed Jenny dies after becoming HIV positive, but Jenny's illness being AIDS isn't made clear in the movie. Interesting. Hmm. 
it's Very weird interesting. that there's two different because the auth the original author of the movie of the book that the movie is uh-huh. based on has come out and said she dies of hepatitis and it is weird it is very weird uh which by the way did you ever read the book gump and company which was the sequel to i just seen that on on here i didn't even know that was the thing it was horrible i read it back in the 90s don't okay good to know not great Uh, that was 20 plus years ago so maybe it's I don't know. Anyway, here nor there. Uh, number two is, I'm going to be straight up, this is one, one of them sagas, franchises, that I really never got into. I appreciated it for what it was, because I did see the first one. It wasn't enough for me to um, dive in and watch any more of them. But the Jurassic Park, uh, I get it. I understood the appeal of it. It was the first time in this era that we had seen uh, what is perceived to be real-sized dinosaurs on the screen and how they would interact with humans and and all of this other stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, The special effects were very cool. Uh, They had some big-name actors and actresses in here. Mm -hmm. Um, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum at the top of that list. just it wasn't my thing man like i really wanted to like it and like this really appealed to kids more than anything but even like when i watched the first one like damn this is kind of harrowing you know like these this raptor is trying to bite this kid's head off you know and it's like i don't know if i want kids (laughs) watching this shit but uh jurassic park i mean it spawned i mean a a number of sequels. The merchandise is off the is off the charts. They've got theme parks rides now, and I mean the whole nine yards. Uh, where's where's that at on on your list? Besides the cup with the water rippling, I could not make any references to Jurassic Park at all. Okay, so uh, not in your wheelhouse not, is what you're saying. No, it's just not. Okay. Very weird movie taste, clearly. Well, um, number one, again, this is not, I would totally disagree with this, you know, and I don't think I've ever, and I'll be honest, I don't think I've ever seen this thing all the way through. The Shawshank Seriously? Redemption. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, I've seen it several times. Shawshank Redemption, um, one of the more quoted and referenced movies. I, um, like, I understand it has its place. I just... I don't know. It just never appealed to me. I guess that's why, you know, really? when I go watch a movie, if I'm going to watch a movie, I generally want to focus on comedies or yeah. uh, action adventure that has some comedy in it. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, I, I don't need to spend money and to take a designated amount of time out of my day to watch a drama. If I wanted to be entertained by drama or if I wanted to be exposed to drama, I would just look at my own motherfucking life right now. I, I don't need to sit in front of a TV to watch somebody else's drama. You know what I'm saying? Like I got enough yeah. on my own. I, I need a break from that shit. I need some sort of reprieve. 
I need to, I, I enjoy a good chuckle. You know, yeah. it makes me to feel have some levity to life. No, I, I absolutely agree with you on a lot of these movies that were in the top. I'm like, yeah, I know they're classics. I know they're really rate, rated really high, but I just, I don't know. I just, maybe I'm not as worldly or whatever, <laughs> but I'm, I'm with you. Like I want a movie that kind of puts me in another headspace like it's funny or there's like you said like there's action or some sort of something that I don't want to think about really sad horrible things right I know we're gonna make me cry right 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 I mean unless it's of a topic that I have some sort of best vested interest in because I'm gonna give I'll give an example (laughs) um I have this fascination and interest in like disasters I don't know why. I just do. I'm weird that way. Is that? Is that? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, Sorry, I'm, I'm saying the quiet parts out loud. Sorry about that. <laughs> at the uh, at the top of that proverbial list is the assassination of John Kennedy. Yeah. And uh, September 11th. Mm-hmm. I, I will watch. Gonna, I thought somewhere in that list you were going to say Titanic. <laughs> Because that's another one for you. That would probably be number three. Okay. That would be number uh, three. I was on. I was on. I was on the right path. Yeah. Um. I am interested in Titanic. Um. But man, that happened so long ago, you know. Mm-hmm. And like, I have a, I have an interest of it in it. Mm-hmm. Um. It makes me sad. It makes me sad in in the aspects of. Like that ship, and I know we're going on a complete sidebar here at the end of the show, but um, that ship is sitting at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean, and they have forecasted that within 25 years it's going to be a pile of dust, and mm-hmm. because of the bacteria and the shit that's just eating it from the inside out, and right. that God, man, that what? How sad is that? You know, the most iconic, famous ship of all time is reducing it's going to be a pile of fucking rust at the end of the ocean and that's such a bummer um so you're not convinced that that's not the olympic oh uh, no no I, I think that's titanic oh, okay yeah i do because there's been a lot of like i've not that i've ventured down any rabbit holes on that lately on my insomnia but um, that there was like some about the windows or something and pictures and that there's just inconsistencies that they think that it was like an insurance thing. And there were like the J.P. Morgan Chase, like bank person, which obviously it wasn't that name, but right. um, he was supposed to be on the ship and then didn't. And there was people that were supposed to be on there, like big names and they canceled and other things there's a lot of conspiracies that it was an insurance thing that it wasn't actually the titanic again because of the windows the number of the windows on the side of the boat i can't remember what it was but anyway well for number one what in the fuck are you basing this on because the water pressure at the bottom of the ocean the just the pressure under there Mm-hmm. is going to manipulate how shit looks, you know? 
Um, I think it was the number of actual like windows on the side. Like that's not something that would change. I mean, it's if there's seven windows, there's seven windows, not six or something along those lines. Well, see, now I'm intrigued and I'm going to have to bring in Sean on this because <laughs> he is the utmost. Um, he's he's done so much research on the Titanic. Okay. Like he was going to do a presentation at the Holly Library all about Titanic. Um, really? Like, yeah, he had a book. Yeah, I was so excited for him because I knew how excited he was about this. And then COVID happened and shut everything down. And like he but like he announced it like just a couple of weeks before shit started getting shut down with COVID. Mm-hmm. And like I was so bummed out for him because I knew he really wanted to do that. And mm-hmm. uh, so he's done a lot of research. So I'm I feel like I'm going to have to tag him in on this and say, hey, that Titanic at the bottom any- of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he'll t- if. If he knows anything about anything, oh, he'll absolutely. he'll be like, well, yes, it is, or you know, but yeah, it looks like it, but you know, mm-hmm. who knows? Who knows? It's kind of hard to hide the world's biggest ship. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you're gonna right. find it somewhere. This ain't yeah. the Goonies, where the motherfucker is locked in some sort of cave. You know, <laughs> and then it just sails out into the. Mother Mary of God. <laughs> Love that. Goodness. Uh, well, another one of them lists that I'm just, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but we, we we wanted to keep things light here this week, have have a chuckle or two, and yeah. just um, make fun of what other people's opinions are, I guess. That's what it boiled down <laughs> to. Oh, uh, well. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we put a bow on this no i think we're good all right well if anybody has any questions comments feedback of any sort you can find us over on facebook look for Klaus to the heart go to our website Klaus to the heart.net send us an email Klaus to the heart at gmail.com um uh, and also keep keep track of all of our social media accounts you're going to get late up-to-date information on all of our shows here uh including the relaunch of the turnbuckle time machine which you listened to this past saturday it's all about uh eric cherry and i broke down uh the reasons why he hates lex luger so bad so that was a fun conversation and (laughs) as a corresponding piece we actually filmed it for youtube and if you if it's not up by if it's not up there yet it will be by the end of the day today you know, I had some technological issues with the editing process because apparently I didn't move fast enough for the program. And uh, that's another story for another day. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Nikki Felsoni, oh, you know, it's great to have you back on the show. It's good talking to you. Yes. Uh, my best to uh, to the family, you know, as we're recording this. Um, I hope the Super Bowl turns out well for him and he doesn't throw anything at or through the TV. Um, so that, that'll be beneficial. Uh, and other than that, go out, be awesome to yourselves and to each other. We'll see you right back here next week with a brand new episode of the Klaus to the heart podcast. 
the flagship show of the PFC Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. The 1980s. It was such a great time to be alive. You know, in order to find our favorite songs, we had to go through cassette tapes, and nights out may consist of going to the roller rink, or getting together with some friends to hit the arcade. But on Friday, March the 24th, we are going to hop into the time machine and go back and revisit that time. We are heading to the Backroads Bar and Grill in Holly, Michigan. For an event that's going to be a lot of fun, it's the Power Tripping Through the 80s Karaoke and Costume Party with DJ Cassandra Ray. So think about what songs you may want to sing and gather some friends. Step out on stage and be the star that you've always wanted to be. And if you have a costume, go ahead and break that out. You will also see, for the first time ever, a live podcast recording of Power Tripping Through the 80s. So join us for the Power Tripping Through the 80s karaoke and costume party on Friday, March the 24th, between 8 p.m. and midnight at the Backroads Bar and Grill in Holly, Michigan. <laughs> 